This episode of the Luke Branquino Show is brought to you by Resistol. How old were you in 2000? In 2000? Were you? Two. <laughs> he was two in 2000. That was my rookie year for everybody wondering. I, I won my rookie of the year in 2000. Wow. All right. Thanks for being the guest. We need to get somebody a little older up here. <laughs> Live from the NFR. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, catch up on all the old episodes, and check out the latest. You're going to like it. Well, welcome to the Cowboy Channel stage here at the Las Vegas Convention Center for the Luke Branquino Show. It's, uh, it sure is an honor to be able to be on this stage all 10 days and have some great guests. Uh, the guest today, uh, Resist All Rookie of the Year, first time NFR qualifier, Ryder Sanford. Ryder, thank you for uh, joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Man, getting to watch you through this year, uh, what an amazing rookie year. I mean, you start out, have a great winter, and we talked about this earlier, you're starting in November, uh, the first first part of the season through December, having a great circuit finals, kind of getting that spot to get into Houston to get qualified, because like you said, as a rookie, you have to get qualified to get into those great winter rodeos. Absolutely. Uh, You know, getting as many opportunities as you can to win money is crucial your rookie year. you don't have the previous qualifications like you do uh, later on. So I had to hit it hard right out the gate. Well, it, it showed. I mean, obviously you said, uh, what, 17 grand going in to got you into Houston. But the circuit finals didn't count for all of you that wonder. Uh, the circuit finals doesn't count as qualifications to Houston. So you went in the third place spot to that last hole to get in. Um, the winner was a little slow, you said, but got a good check out of Jackson, Mississippi, which is also a circuit rodeo for you. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, got a good start to the year and uh, got to ride at Houston. That was, that was pretty incredible, uh, you know, just walking out. It's a huge arena. You look up, you can barely see the uh, stands. Biggest arena that I've rode in, so getting to ride them big winter rodeos was, was really cool. Well, I'm really dating myself here. My rookie year, it was in the Astrodome um, before they moved it to the new stadium, and I was the same way, man. I, I, I got qualified by a go-round win in Denver, and uh, I thought, man, I get to go to Houston. How cool! How cool is that going to be? You know, and end up walking into that arena. You walk down, and I was a huge baseball fan. And I mean, I guess Sulphur, Louisiana. When I think of that, I think of the Martin family, being I'm a steer wrestler, and that's where they're from. And I know you kind of grew up with them. But being an Astros fan as well, and seeing Craig Biggio and Bagwell, they had their names on there. Uh, it, it was huge for me to be able to be in that setting my rookie year, and then going out and win the first round at Houston. So being able to qualify to that your rookie year, I mean, like you said, it's, it's amazing when you walk up there and you, like, we, we've kind of made it. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Uh, I couldn't have planned it any better. You know, I've got to compete at every major rodeo and short round this year. It, I couldn't have planned it out any better. Did you, when you got to Houston, because I did this and I'm scared to death of heights, I walked up to the very top of, which it's not near as big as the, I don't even know, NRG, I don't know what the stadium's called right now, but um, of, of the Astrodome, and I looked down, and people in the arena, they looked like little ants walking around there. Did you go up top when you first got there? I did not. Uh, like I said, right when I checked in, you know, the arena's empty, stands are empty. I walked out to the uh, out gate and just looked up, and I could barely see those top seats. It was hazy up there, so that <laughs> kind of got the same effect. <laughs> so tell me about the very first one you got on there. I mean... When you're in that situation, the nerves, 
I mean, did you feel like you had the nerves going into that first round of Houston? I felt good. I, I felt ready. I felt like I deserved to be there. Um, just felt ready. You know, I didn't, didn't get the nerves too bad. Well, it showed throughout the year, and I, I was looking at what you won last year, for a little over 4,000 on your permit, then you got, had some so- shoulder injuries, mm-hmm. um, healed up, and then you, you, you did pretty good this year by, you know, more than, well, 125,000 coming into your rookie year, 15th in the standings, so you really had a, a catapulted from that $4,000 permit year. Talk about your permit year and, you know, not being able to get into a lot of rodeos because of the status. Uh, yeah, um, permit, I thought it, uh, got to go to some rodeos like Cheyenne and stuff, and I think that really prepared me for this year, kind of get some of those nerves out and learn how to enter and learn how to rodeo a little bit, um, how to get to one place to another, how to buy a plane ticket. <laughs> <laughs> so you say learning how to rodeo, was there somebody that you had to call to lean on, um, I know I did, uh, because I didn't know anything about well back then it was a little different we had actually had to use a payphone i think to to enter a rodeo but is there somebody you leaned on and kind of had to reach out to how do i enter this rodeo how do i travel to how do i get to it uh yeah a few guys one of them uh my old traveling partner trace nantonick he uh always was seeing to win a lot of money when he was entering me so talked to him a lot this year um he's got a very analytical mind so it kind of breaks it down uh, where i should go so he helped me a lot this year that's always good to have that person that you could call and lean on. What about, uh, like, you guys have the opportunity to enter more rodeos, get on top, get put up on top of each other and pick horses that you want to get out and turn, on, turn out the other ones. Did you try to play that game? Because I know it is kind of a game. You enter as many as you can, see where you're up the best, what horses you have, um, or did you just try to go get on everything you could? Uh, this year, uh, my mindset was I'm going to go get on as long as the horse isn't going to flip over and hurt me, I was going to get on it. Didn't matter what it cost to get there, what it took to get there, I was going to get on it. And here is the Ask Luke question from one of our viewers. Why did you do the booty shake? Stay tuned and I will answer that question a little bit later on in the show. Well, I think that just goes show, especially for when I was a rookie, I just wanted to run them. I wanted to get in the arena, get dirty, get money won, and uh, go at them. I could, you know, at that point, I think we could went to, I think it was unlimited rodeos back then, which oh, wow. you guys, your limit's what, 85 now? 100. 100. So, I mean, with a lot of people don't realize, 100 rodeos is a lot to try to get to. Yeah, it is, but it, like I said, I kind of burned up my count at the beginning of the year trying to get into Houston, so come September, I had 10 rodeos left, so I really had to weigh all of my options and sure I went with the best opportunity to win money. Well, you say burn up your rodeos. So what he's talking about is to get qualified, you have to be in the certain spot, the standings. And to do that, you have to enter those rodeos. You got to go try to win as much as you can at the beginning of the year. And like you said, what you, how many rodeos you go to between November and December before the winter rodeo started? I think like 20. So 20 rodeos you had to get to or went to. So that only leaves you 55 rodeos for the rest of the year. And I know for me, when I got to Reno, I wanted to be around 28 rodeos. And you had already had most of those burn up before the summer even started. Yeah, so it it got tight towards the end of the summer. I mean, we're looking at it hard, planning out. You know, I couldn't just go to – I actually didn't get my circuit count this year uh, because I just couldn't afford to go to some of those smaller circuit rodeos. 
Well, in your circuit, it's tough because I rodeo with guys that went down there, Tyler Pearson, Kyle Irwin, because the way the rodeos, the way it's set up, the good rodeos are over top a lot of the good rodeos you have to go to that aren't, you know, that are quite a ways away. So it's hard to get to them. And if you burn your count up to go to those smaller rodeos, Mm -hmm. you just can't do it. It used to be you could go to those rodeos, unofficial your circuit rodeos, they still count towards the circuit standings. Now, if you enter it, it counts. No unofficialing it. If you do, it doesn't even count for a circuit count. Yeah, absolutely. So that that made it a lot harder for me to get my count. Uh, like you said, uh, Houston and a couple of the other bigger rodeos hindered me from going to them good circuit rodeos. Yeah, well, we're here where, where we're supposed to be right now at the National Finals Rodeo. Made it come in 15th. You had some huge wins your rookie year, and, and I want to talk about Cheyenne, where you set the arena record on with black tie. Was it 92 and a half, I believe? Yes, sir. Um, it, as a fan of rodeo, that was exciting for me to watch. You know, a, a young rookie that is making a name for yourself and to be able to do that. And I know you said you've seen that horse. You had never been on that horse before when you picked him, have you? No, I sure wanted to get on him, but uh, <laughs> I think uh, it was a good place to have him. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> 92 and a half. And, and then you beat, was it Cody DeMoss has had the record was 91? Yeah, I believe it was 91, and uh, he held that for 13 years. So that, what a great accomplishment. Yeah. And to win that, where were you at in the standings before that Cheyenne win? I did a good job of not looking at the standings all year, so I wasn't Smart. quite sure. Um, I know a lot of people thought that I had the NFR made after that win, and I believe it really only got me back in the conversation for the NFR. Well, that is probably one of the smartest things I've heard a rookie yeah. say is not looking <laughs> at the standings. and. You can get so caught up, especially nowadays with social media and, you know, everybody giving their two cents, those armchair quarterbacks telling you what you need to do and how you need to ride. And, and fortunately for me, I would have been, I don't know what it would have done to my mind, just blew, blew it up. But uh, that's smart, not looking at that and just going and taking care of your business. And obviously it paid off. And then you had another huge win in Puyallup. Yeah, uh, same thing. I've, my only goal in there was to be in the top four and to get in the governor's cup so to end up getting the win there was awesome and i didn't realize later on my family telling me i'd kind of dropped in the standings a good bit like i maybe 22nd in the world so same thing that just got me right into the mix of it you know right at that bubble mark well and you had to, if you didn't get into the riders cup or the governor's cup riders cup is that tennis <laughs> golf what well, anyway the cup if you didn't get into that you wouldn't have had a shot to make the national finals it dang sure would have been a lot more difficult. Uh, without that win in Puyallup, it would have been a lot more difficult. And, and you placed in two rounds at the Governor's Cup and uh, got ahead of, well, I believe it was Isaac Diaz, by like two grand, right? Like two grand. So, yeah, I won like 2,500 out of there. Didn't make the uh, short round, uh, made the eight-man, but got just enough to, to get in. And here is the Ask Luke question from one of our viewers. Why did you do the booty shake? So unfortunately, the booty shake that I thought was absolutely embarrassing started, I think, in back in 2004. The rodeo producer wanted to get the crowd more involved, so they said, why don't you do some sort of a dance or something and get the crowd more involved? I'm like, I'm not doing anything like that. That's just silly. Well, after enough pressure, um, I thought, if I do this, they will never ask me to do anything again. And uh, boy, was I wrong. The only good thing, about it, I only did it when I won, so fortunately for me, I got to shake my butt a lot. Well, and 
watching it all through, you know, the Cowboy Channel, everything, and kind of updating everybody. Isaac was going everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, he was trains, planes, automobiles mm-hmm. trying to get, and it, he came pretty close to it. So, again, if you don't get that win at uh, the Governor's Cup, mm-hmm. we're not sitting here talking today. No, sir. It was uh, come down to the last hours of the season, just waiting to see what we were all doing. Uh, it was a busy month. We were all all over the place from coast to coast, Iowa, over to San Bernardino. <laughs> We were all over the place. So what, what I'm hearing is pressure does not bother this guy. <laughs> he could handle it, and he's going to be a force to be reckoned with for the future, uh, which is, you know, for me as a fan of rodeo, I think is awesome. It's not often you see a lot of rookies, and this year the rookie field in, in the national finals is huge between the bareback ride and uh, the bronc ride and bull ride. I mean, just it, to see the future of the rodeo and the sport growing like it is with, with you rookies is, is pretty amazing. And we want to thank Resistall for everything they do um, for the Rookie of the Year program. You know, I, I was fortunate enough to win the Rookie of the Year. I don't know, how old were you in 2000? What's that? How old were you in 2000? In 2000? Were you, two. <laughs> he was two in 2000. That was my rookie year for everybody wondering. I've won my rookie of the year in 2000. Wow. All right. Thanks for being the guest. We need to get somebody a little older up here. Uh, but, I mean, Resistall has played a huge role in rodeo and everything they do for the sport. And, you know, obviously you're going to get to go to the Resistall Rookie Luncheon. Um, I'll get a chance to speak there and with a lot of the other uh, world champions from the past and rookies of the year. And you're going to get to hear some really cool stories. But... You know, resist all again. I know that uh, we talk about sponsors. Let's talk about your shirt right there. You said Jessica Whaler from Cinch, which yeah. I had her on the show. You ripped your jeans and pew all up. She's <laughs> like, so you got a clothing sponsor? Yeah. Uh, ripped my jeans after my ride. She come up, you know, you have a clothing sponsor? At the time, I had a bare shirt. So I was like, actually, I don't have any sponsors. So I got plenty of room. So she said, uh, well, we'll be in con- contact with you. And then... Um, uh, after that, community approached me and wanted me to be on the team. So that's just been a blessing because I, I can remember back going to amateur rodeos, me and my, my buddy then, like, man, if we could just get a couple free hats, <laughs> we'd be doing fine. <laughs> generation after generation, Resist All is the cowboy had a choice for ranchers and rodeo cowboys. Since 1927, Resist All has been making the finest cowboy hats available right here in America. Made from the finest select furs to a beautifully finished hat, each one goes through 200 hands to get to the custom finish and quality we expect. Made for cowboys, we live it every day. Well, you were talking about community coffee and they had a dinner for you guys. And they had a guest speaker that you guys got to listen to and kind of hear some motivational talk from and tell us about that yeah uh they had team tim tebow come talk to us we got a little meet and greet with him uh he's an incredible guy uh really strong in his faith and uh just had a good talk really motivating uh before this whole deal got kicked off now that's you know obviously that guy's such a motivational speaker and kind of he he's somebody that you could listen to and enjoy to hearing him talk you know he doesn't necessarily talk about himself or what he's done but what uh you know god has done for him and, mm-hmm. and helped him throughout his life uh speaking of some helping yourself education we talk about this a lot uh, i talk about it at all my clinics i try to tell everybody hey you need to go to school get an education because there's no telling what could happen in rodeo you may go 20 years you may go two years you went to mcneese state and you have a degree in engineering i don't know many cowboys that have a degree <laughs> in engineering uh Talk, talk us through that. I mean, what was your, to be an engineer, I mean, just something you always loved? 
Yeah, um, I've got a degree in civil engineering, so I enjoy building things and everything that goes on with that. And it, it just really kept me focused throughout college, you know, because a uh, big workload with school. So I just had time to go to school and to rodeo. So really kept me focused. And three times the college national finals, is that correct? Yes, sir. Did you have any luck out there in Casper? Uh, not the first two times. Um, the last time I went, uh, May 22, um, got a couple round wins, uh, second and the third round, and was in the short round, about to win it, about 7-9, sat on a foot, and uh, that one stung pretty hard, but I think it really motivated me and lit a fire for this year. Well, you... It's funny you talk about that. My rookie year, I ended up 16, 1300 bucks. I missed the national finals. And it was from a guy that has won a little bit in the steer wrestling, Oatberry. I don't know if you ever heard of her. Um, but, uh, you know, being in that position, like, hey, I was 16th and knowing that you can compete at that level. And, I mean, at the college finals, you're with some woofy guys that any day they could be at the national finals rodeo. And to be able to have that motivate you, like, hey, I, I can do this, you know, that's what it did for me. I, I – took a week off and kind of focused back and uh, thought about what I needed to do different, make a few tweaks, and sounds like that's what you did after that college finals, huh? Absolutely. It, uh, that loss there, I think it really prepared me to be able to handle the pressure in some of the high-pressure situations like I've done this year. Rodeo trivia question. What is the penalty for a timed event contestant when they break the barrier? To hear the answer, you're going to have to stay tuned, keep watching the show, because I will answer it a little bit later. Well, I'm going to say this. It wasn't a loss. You don't lose, you learn. Actually, (laughs) I read that quote somewhere. It's never a loss. It's a learning uh, situation. And I think that's how winners go about it. You know, how do we change it? How do we fix it to get better? And it sounds like that's exactly what you did. And that's why we're sitting here talking right now. First round national finals. Good horse? Uh, Yes, sir. Spotted Blues. uh, Big Ben. Seen it a couple times this year. Uh, It'll be a really good one to kick things off. And you're going to be first out, 15th man coming in. Is there, there's got to be some nerves, man. I, going into it, those yellow buck and shoes first time, and I know if you've watched it for years, so how are you going to push those away and just go do your job? Uh, like I've done all year, you know, all the things that, uncontrollables, push those out. You know, I've put in the work, I've put in the time, so I just let that muscle memory take over. Well, that's, that's the best way to go about it. Um, Families here with you. I mean, I bet uh, what I don't know how many tickets they they don't give you. I think they give you one ticket, and then you got to buy seven or six or something like that. And if it's anything like my family, you never have enough. Is that kind of the situation for you too? Oh yeah, between friends and family, <laughs> it's it's hard to get everybody in there. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I used to let my wife and my mom deal with it because it could be a pain. You get calls. The funny, the fun thing for me was when you get calls from people you hadn't heard from in like 10 years, <laughs> Hey man, good job making the finals. Uh, you got any tickets? <laughs> I'm sure it, it happened to you too, but uh, you're like, no, I'm, I'm full. Well, if you got some extras, let me know. You're on my list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've gotten a lot more friends throughout this whole deal. I never knew that I had. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. People you hadn't talked to in yeah. like I said, 10 years uh, but man, what what a cool experience for you and your family to be able to be here now. And we were talking. You said that not necessarily from a rodeo family. Your dad trained some horses, and and uh, that's kind of what got you into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, trained horses and uh, team rode a bit in high school. So um, I kind of got an interest in riding horses from then. I started calf roping and then team roping. Um, did start riding Bronx till my junior year of high school. Had a couple of friends that 
road Bronx and I showed interest in it. So like, hey, um, come with us to McNeese. We practice with the rodeo team. Um, they're really great there at McNeese for helping guys in, in high school, you know, want to come up, get on practice horses, get on the spur board every week. And uh, just kind of went from there, hung my ropes up and, and took off. And I know we said Sulphur, Louisiana with the Martins. Did you ever steer wrestle? I never did. No? <laughs> I figured you might have shoot dogs at junior high rodeos or something. But... Never did. I was a pretty small fella. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tristan Martin wasn't huge either, so I just didn't know if you guys. And you, you and Tristan know each other pretty good? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when, when I was starting out roping, go over there and rope, and they helped me out a lot uh, through all that. Yeah, such a great family, and, and I've been to their place a couple times, but, you know, just very welcoming and open arms and help you out whenever you needed it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, 10 rounds, 10 nights. We had a little a tragedy, I guess. We had a tragedy. You guys were um, in the grand entry practice and locked you guys down. Uh, SWAT came in with the, with the shooting that was going on. How was the, the mood down there with all the contestants and everything? Yeah, like I said, yeah, like you said, it was a tragedy. Uh, my heart goes out for all the families and their, their lost ones. Uh, yeah, it was, it was terrible. Yeah, that's, and the guy, you know, everybody down there probably didn't, from what I heard, I talked to Coleman Proctor, he said, listen, the, the first responders were awesome. They, they made sure everything was, you know, we were buttoned up and we were safe. But, I mean, that had to be some stressful times for you guys down in there and, and not knowing what was going on. Yeah, I wasn't too keen on sitting in one spot in the middle of the arena. Uh, we, we were all ready to get out of there. I'd imagine so. And uh, <laughs> I, can't even, I can't even imagine your first NFR and something like this happens. And, you know, seeing social media and everybody's like, well, why are they canceling the finals the first round? That's a bunch of BS. They don't have any idea what those family members are going through that maybe have lost a loved one or anything like that. And, and I know as contestants, seeing what you guys' response was, hey, we're just, we're happy that everybody, we, we were safe. Everything was, you know, good. We're going to continue on with the rodeo. They're going to have a, a matinee or I guess a morning slack for just the contestants. So you guys are still going to get to do what you want to do. But, you know, it's just crazy the mind, the way people's minds work and, and like no, I don't even know the word, no uh, sensitivity to the situation. Yeah, you get so focused in your own world. You know, sometimes it's, uh, it's hard to pick up and see what's going on around you. Um, yeah, it does. It's been a tragedy for those families. You know, they're not worried about the rodeo, whereas we're in our own world. So I think it's good that uh, we did cancel the first round and kind of, you know, out of respect for those families. Yeah, for sure. And, and now you guys are getting to get on them tonight. Um, what does your week look like, you know, since you got Cinch and Community Coffee? Is it a busy week for you as far as going signing, sponsor stuff and, and all that, or is it pretty laid back? Oh, yeah. I had to give me a planner and plan everything out for the week. I got a... Uh, <laughs> signings throughout the week with Cinch and community and uh, going on live with Lucia. So these shows have been really cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, people said Anthony Lucia is like just a younger Luke Branquino. He, he looks a lot like me. He's maybe a little heavier now since I've lost some weight. You can go ahead and tell him I said that too. Uh, that'll be fine. Uh, but yeah. And, and when I was going, we didn't have a lot of these talk shows. We talked about backstage, you know, contestants getting some media training and learning how to speak and you said you're getting better at it. But yeah, just uh, kind of throwing me in the water. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I told you, for me, when I got picked up by the U.S. Army in 2004, we had to go through media training because they not only wanted the, some of the best athletes, 
they also wanted people that were able to speak and, and you know, be able to talk in front of the camera. And we talked about how important that is for the industry as a whole. If cowboys could speak and articulate what they're trying to say, it just helps elevate the sport. Absolutely. The sport's come a long way. The sponsors have been great. Um, saw what it took for me to make the finals. Um, last year, I believe it was 106 grand, so it was about 15 more grand. There's no telling where it's going to be next year. Yeah, that added money keeps getting better, and I see they just signed a contract to stay in Vegas for another 10 years or 15 years, which is, which is great. I mean, we talk about the finals being moved. I don't know that there's much better of a place right than right here in Vegas. I think this is home. <laughs> and they have the accommodations for everybody, whether it's you're, you have a young family or you just want to go to Denny's after the rodeo. They got everything for you, uh, nightlife for you. How's that? Just... It's been cool just kind of taking it all in, all the cool, cool casinos, just, just taking it all in. Where do they got you staying at? Resorts World. Yeah, that's, we, that's where we're at, too. And they got, uh, there's kind of something there for everybody, and you really don't have to leave Resorts World once you get there. Oh, they got everything right there. Yeah, that makes it nice going up. Uh, and, and where the rooms are, go up the elevator, go straight to you. You don't have to walk through the casino. That's one thing I've... I've always appreciated uh, about those type of uh, properties. When back in the day, the Gold Coast was the main sponsor or the main hotel for everybody. You used to have to get out of your car, walk through the casino. It'd take you an hour and a half to get up to your room. And uh, as an athlete, I guess it was it was tough because you just wanted to go go to bed, get something to eat, and go to bed. And and now it's boom, you're right up to your room, which makes it nice, I'm sure, for you guys. Absolutely. We, uh, we went and ate at MGM last night, and it was a lot more chaotic there. <laughs> yeah. Did you go to the craft? <laughs> yeah, we did. That's no, good. I'm sorry, the uh, New Orleans uh, seafood. Oh, was that, um, Emil? is it Emil's? Em- Emerald? I think so, yeah. We talked about going to craft. But yeah, you should go. Busy. It's pretty good. But there's so many options here in Vegas. We went to uh, Michael's at South Point last night, and it was amazing. But, I mean, you can go to any property and find one hell of a steak. Yeah, if you go hungry, it's your own fault. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. And back in the day, the buffets used to be really good for a bulldog or two. So um, obviously you don't want to put on any weight. I'd stay away from the buffets, but uh, they got plenty of those. I see my friend Joe Nelson look like he'd been eating at a buffet. <laughs> oh, shoot. Um, guys you traveled with this year? Uh, Parker Fleet, Parker Kempfer, and Logan Cook. Um, guys that have been riding the past few years, so... They also helped me, you know, deciding where to go. They've got a little bit more experience in it. Uh, great guys, you know. We all want each other to win, really push each other. So they're, they're great to travel with this year. How, how important is that? And, and for me going, it was important to be with a crew that would motivate you to be the best. And it was like a competition, but they were always there to motivate you. I mean, how important was that for your success this year? Absolutely. Uh, your traveling partners can really make or break you. You know, you're living with these guys essentially, you know, throughout the summer. So if you don't get along, you're not going to be focused on the rodeo or your job. So uh, having a good support system like that really helps. What uh, did they have some luck this year? Oh, yeah, they had some uh, some big wins. Uh, Cook's been right outside of it the past couple years, but uh, he's going to have his day. He rides really good. So. That's Logan Cook, right? Yes. Yeah, I've you know, obviously seen his name in the standings and the other two guys. Are they kind of just getting started too, or, or have they been rodeoing for a few years? They've been rodeoing for a few years, um, you know, battling some injuries and some other things, but uh, they all of them ride really good. 
I, and I think that's something that isn't talked about enough is injuries and battling it. I mean, as Cowboys, there's no guarantees. Uh, you get on hurt, you get on sore. Your injury last year with your shoulder, what was that? Did, did it require surgery? Uh, yes. Uh, well, Tandy hooked me up on that one. Uh, yeah, this whole coming up to here, battled a bunch of injuries that I've had to go through. So uh, finally getting here, it's just been really special. Made it all worth it. What they have to do to fix your shoulder? Uh, it's a labrum, so a few anchors in there. <laughs> oh yeah, I've uh, I know Tandy real well. I think he's done six or seven of my surgeries, <laughs> so I almost have a little a not permanent residency there at yeah. the hospital. But got your own parking spot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I do know, like Doctor Gravely, he's the anesthesiologist, and um, the last time I was in there, he's like, "Oh, you again? I'm like, Thank you, yes, me again." That, uh, but yeah, Tandy, and what I love about Tandy is if he doesn't think he could fix it or something that's out of his comfort zone, he sends you to the best person he thinks, the person he thinks is the best. When I did my hamstring in 21, I didn't have surgery right after I heard it, but I kept rodeo and he's like, listen, I could have fixed it when you first heard it, but since it's scarred down and it's, you know, to your sciatic nerve, I'm sending you to a guy in New York. You know, and, and to me, that, that takes a lot for a doctor that makes a living doing surgeries to send you somewhere else. And Tandy's been really, really good at that, making sure guys go to the right spots, especially in the rodeo world. Yeah, hearing that, I have a lot of respect for him. You know, that's, that's really humble of him to do that. You know, and it, that just shows he wants the best for us Cowboys. Yeah, and he's been doing this for so long. He, it's not funny, but kind of he'd walk out there and I hurt my shoulder. He's, one year, it was actually here at the Hell Dorado Days in Vegas. Um, he just walks up, shoulders out, huh? And I'm like, you haven't even looked at me yet. He's like, I know. He's been around long enough where he could spot it from a mile away. And uh, to have somebody in our corner like that where you, know, you, you could trust every word he says, especially in the world we live in now, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's already hard for us to trust doctors uh, <laughs> typically. So... For him to work on so many of us, it's, it's awesome to have someone that we can trust. Yeah, and, and again, the Justin Sports Medicine team, which as a contestant, we can't say enough about because you show up to rodeos and whatever you need, especially for you rust guys, you need tape, you need a brace to put on or, or somebody to work, work out muscle out, you know, massage you. They're, they're always there to help you out, and I'm sure you've used them quite a bit. Quite a bit. Uh, tweaked some MCLs this year, so I was taping my knees for pretty much all year, um, you know, them getting me hooked up with tape, showing me how to tape it. Uh, they've just been a great, huge help. Well, and that's, you said it's showing you how to tape it because there's going to be places you go to where there may not be a sports trainer there and, and you need to know how to do it. And they're, they're very good about helping you out in that aspect of keeping you healthy. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. When you go in the middle of South Dakota, there's no sports med trailer there. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. And, you know, I, and we can't thank them enough. I know they've, uh, I've had a lot of conversation with Mike Rich. I'm, I don't know if you know Mike very well or not, but he's the head of, head of the program and what they're trying to do to keep it going, elevated, add more rodeos. Uh, and, and it's not for, for their sake, it's for the athlete's sake. And, um, again, we can't thank them enough for all they do for the sport. Absolutely. Uh, you know, rodeo to rodeo, some of them people that don't travel, they're just there for rodeo, and they're donating their time, you know, and that, that just, that's really special. And uh, I know I dang sure appreciate it, and I speak for everyone on that. Yeah, 100%. And I, I enjoy going, I just keep saying enjoy going to the Justin Sports Medicine trailer, <laughs> because I would. I'd go in there, and um, 
the road, I just sit down and put my brace on and hang out and talk to those guys. But what I loved is to learn how well they got to know the athletes. Um, just, okay, this is where you were sore last time. Let's work on this. Maybe we'll, we'll tweak you up here and take some relief off that. And, and that's just the dedication that they put into it to help the athletes and the sport. Yeah, it's not like going to your typical doctor's office. I mean, they're, they're not just running you in there. They're, uh, they're really personable. You know, they, wanna, they really want to help. All right. Really, you talked about South Dakota, middle of it. What were some of your favorite rodeos this year that, uh, that you went to? And we're going to, so I like to do it this way. I like to break it down winter, and then my wife said I should change it up. Winter, summer, spring, fall. But I'm not going to do that because I don't <laughs> listen to my wife very often. Um, winter, what was your favorite winter rodeo? Had to be uh, Houston. I thought that was just incredible. Uh, like I talked about earlier, just biggest arena they've ever been in. You know, you can barely see the the shoots across there. Uh, look up, you can barely see the top. Um, that one was really special. And did you? I know you said, but did you have some luck there? Did you get some money won at Houston? I got a little money won, about three grand. Um, but it was a cool experience. Yeah, for sure. Okay, spring rodeo. Uh, hmm. Probably the next one would be Cheyenne and Calgary. It'd probably be my next two. That's summer. Let's go spring. Did you go to Red Bluff, Clovis? Or? Uh, yeah, I did go to Red Bluff. Uh, I'd been to that in uh, my permit year. Okay. So, but, yeah, that was, a, that was a cool rodeo as well. Did it rain there when you were there? It did not. Nice. <laughs> Red Bluff is a great rodeo. When it rains, it's not so great. But uh, Clovis was one of my favorite. And, and then in the winter, Fort Worth, I'd, mm. I'd had a lot of success there. In fact, when you talk about my rookie year, I won the first round at Houston. Then I won, I think I won second, the second round at Fort Worth. And um, so those rodeos always have a special place in my heart. But uh, springtime would have to be Clovis. Clovis, California was always, always one of my favorites. Um, Okay, summer. You said Cheyenne and Calgary. Obviously, those are those are two that that you can't not say. Give me another one other than those two. Uh, be Pendleton. You know, a little later on, uh, all those outdoor rodeos are just just right. great. Had good weather at all of them, so they're really yeah. special. St. Paul was mine. I love the trees, uh, just the the atmosphere, and and those Oregon crowds. Like you said Pendleton, but those Oregon crowds. Uh, I, I say this often when when we rodeo. 90% of the rodeos we go to, people don't care that who's there, who's riding, or who's competing. They just, they're there for the party. But a lot of those Oregon rodeos, they're, they're, they're fans of the Cowboys. You know, they know who's up, they know who's competing, and I think that's cool. Rodeos like Pendleton and St. Paul. So, um, summer rodeo, or fall rodeo, one right at the end. Uh, that Governor's Cup was, was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of money there, a lot of opportunity. Right. Uh, it was... I've been calling it the monkey wrench in the world standings. <laughs> that's yeah, that's no joke, and that was in about every event. It seemed mm-hmm. like uh, go okay. So here's a question: Going into the Governor's Cup, were you in the top fifteen, or were you just outside of it? I think or did I was, you not look? I didn't look, but I think I was just outside. Well, of let's it. see. Was he in the top fifteen? No, he <laughs> no. wasn't in the top fifteen. Yeah, I knew somebody down there would know. Uh, so you were outside of it, but you again not looking at it. All you knew is you had to go win. You didn't know you had to go win 2,000, 3,000. It's just, I have to win. And I think that, I mean, obviously played a big role in you being here now. Yeah, I was, uh, I was planning on getting that 25 grand out of there and get a <laughs> fast ticket in, but got just enough and it worked yeah. out. Did you get to meet Governor Nome? I did not. 
Oh, you didn't? She's awesome. Coleman Proctor was probably talking her ear off, and she got tired and had to go lay down. He's pretty good at talking a lot. But he's been a guest on the show a couple yeah. times, and he's, he's been awesome. But, uh, you know, uh, the traveling, the miles, how many miles did you put on your rig this year? Too many to count. <laughs> <laughs> you hit that odometer reset, and it, yeah. you have to reset it again? Yeah, it uh, just keeps rolling. <laughs> lots of miles, lots of planes. Um, yeah, they talk about that's probably the, one of the most dangerous things we do is being on that road. That's it. So as, and I, maybe you do, but a little advice from an old veteran, make sure from all the flying you do, you get frequent flyer miles or get a, does he have frequent flyer? No, you guys need to do that, seriously. <laughs> you get those extra points and get nice hotel rooms when you check in. I wish I would have, and this sounds so old of me to say this. I wish I would have done that when I was younger. Make sure you get those car, those numbers where when you buy a flight, it get points. Anyway, that sounds crazy. But do that. It'll pay off in the long run. So when you want to go on vacation, you don't have to pay near as much. And from the sounds of it, after this NFR, you're going to have some money to go on a vacation. Absolutely. I'm actually getting married. At the oh, end of the what? <laughs> is this news to everybody? Is like this, this is the, everybody know this yet or is it? I do now. There, well, congratulations. Yeah, that's my fiance right there. Can we get a camera shot right here, please? <laughs> right here, fiance, step up here, please. This is this is breaking news. Congratulations, guys. That that's awesome. When did you guys get engaged? At a steamboat at the downhill. Oh, nice, nice. Just plan on going back. That's would be like your anniversary engagement yeah. anniversary. And if it's if it's anything like us, you. You always have an anniversary for an anniversary and another anniversary. So that's, that's pretty cool. When are you guys getting married? Uh, December 30th. December 30th? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. So right after. <laughs> I was going to say New Year's party is going to really kick off then. Oh, it's huh? going to be a good time. <laughs> Where are you guys getting married at? In Weatherford. Okay. You know, that's not very far from me. I'm just, yeah. I didn't get an invite, but it's <laughs> not very far from me. I think it's an hour and a half. But Maybe I'll crash the party. I don't know. Maybe I'll bring a camera crew. We'll do another show or something up there. Right on. So Weatherford, where at? Is there a special venue there in Weatherford you guys go yeah, to? Yeah, uh, Diamond H3. Skylar really loved the venue there, so that's where, it, uh, that's where we're doing it at. Oh, that's awesome. Well, congratulations. How long you guys have been together? About eight years. Oh, well, it's about time. Yeah. <laughs> it's about time, about. right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. So honeymoon, where are you guys planning on going? I think we're going to go to Italy. We're, we've been talking about it. Oh, man. Yeah. You got the book trip booked yet? Not yet. <laughs> See, if you'd have had those miles of all the flying, you might have been able to get an upgrade on the hotel in oh, Italy. What's in Italy? Uh, the Eiffel Tower right now. My wife would be so disappointed in me right now. <laughs> oh, well, that's great, man. Congratulations on, on that. And, and what a way to end the year off, especially after we all know you're going to have a great national finals. Uh, you know, we talk grand entry, how the practice was. You guys didn't get to do much practicing, but I can remember... And in fact, talking about it, it brings back a little emotion. I'm not going to cry, but the first year I rode in the Grand Entry, the smell in that arena, uh, when I talk about it, it comes back to me. I can actually smell the smell of the arena going through there. Um, you're gonna, it's going to be unbelievable the first night riding in there, and you know, your eyes are going to be wide open going, I'm, I'm here, I made it. And it's, it's going to be something you're going to remember forever. So congratulations, and, and we're looking forward to watching you get after them. I appreciate it. Yeah, I've been just make sure this whole process just to really appreciate every little thing. You know, the grand entry, uh, walking into the Thomas Mack for the first time. Uh, it's all been really special. Well, and the back number ceremony and, and and all that, and you know, take it in 
And, and don't take it for granted because, like I said, this rodeo world, it, it can be crazy. You can go 20 years, you can go two years. So uh, I think your head's on right and you, you know exactly where you're supposed to be. And, and just hearing you talk and, and the way you're going about things, man, you're going to have a, a bright future that's, that's already started. So I'm looking forward to, to watching you. And I know all these fans out here. And if you haven't got your pro fantasy rodeo team yet, make sure you get it. This guy is going to be a steal. I'm cheap. Cheap. (laughs) How many, did you get a team? Uh, Not yet. No, you better get after it. I think it closes here in just a little bit. Did you guys get a team? You've got to pick a team. And I know a bronc rider that you can get cheap. Ryder, thank you for coming on, man. Uh, Best of luck to you. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you coming on the Luke Branquino Show. For everybody out there here at the Convention Center, thank you for stopping by. Thank you for listening. Make sure you go to YouTube, like, and subscribe, especially subscribe. I say this every time because if you subscribe, I make money. And who doesn't like to make money? Appreciate you all. Thank you. Rodeo trivia question. What is the penalty for a timed event contestant when they break the barrier? Answer to this question is it is a 10 second penalty if you break the barrier. 10 seconds will be added to your time and usually means you do not win anything.